Hey guys, welcome to the Bagging Broadcast, episode number 544. I'm Chris. I'm John. And I'm Paul. We're a weekly podcast that comes to you in three ways. The first being The Week in Geek, bringing you the top geek stories to the past week. Next is the list of comic books that we are looking forward to coming out December 6, 2023. Then we follow that up with our weekly rotating main topic. And this week, it's time for our monthly look back. We're going to be taking a look at some of the comic books that we read in November of 2023. That's pretty good. I feel like Maybe. 2023 didn't I really learned have it a... from you. <laughs> I feel feel like uh, 2023 really didn't have a consistent year pronunciation or uh, delivery like other years have. So are we going to change that in 2024, John? No, it's too hard to think of a different way to say it and then do it every. 2020 was easy. By March, it just became 2020. Yeah. Yeah. It happens. And Uh something else that happens is every week we drink. That's true. Except for Paul, who, who is not. I know. I'm the one that constantly is not drinking on the show. Like, oh, I'm on call. Oh, I, I'm doing this. Uh, so I'm not drinking. It's weird. But guys, let me live vicariously through you. What are you drinking? What are you drinking? Oh. Uh, no, he Chris. said me. He, he said, said me. But then you said me. So no, that means Paul goes first. Then. <laughs> I'm drinking from Polar. <laughs> Uh, this is uh, one of their holiday varietals. I, I do enjoy polar, uh, polar seltzer because they do this. They do seasonals. Um, they do some weird, some weirder flavors. And this is their pomegranate champagne. And this is um, all right. You know, I'm getting a little, little pomegranate-y, little, um, little, you know, effervescence. Yeah. You know, it's good. You know, effervescent uh, pomegranate. It says champagne. I'm not getting much champagne like tartness on it, but you know, it's there's zero calories, no sugar, so it's hard to deliver big, big flavors. But its flavor is there. I'm always surprised by how much flavor they're able to pack in without adding any calories, adding any kind of sweeteners to it. So I'm enjoying it. It's good. It's not. It doesn't sp- uh, scream Christmas to me though. Um, I don't know. I don't think it's giving me like Shirley Temple kind of vibes. Yeah, but um, champagne and like a a cranberry is what is that like a poinsettia or something or poinsettia, something like that instead of a yeah mimosa. Some people call that a poinsettia. Poinsettia. Yeah, I can. I I was thinking that's what they're going for, and then I'm like, I'll give it a shot. But I don't know. Not super Christmas vibes. Um, they also had a black cherry vanilla, and I'm like, oh, that's not very Christmassy either. A frosted uh, boysenberry. Uh, yeah, Nothing. I mean, the, the, they do like new ones every year. And I mean, mm-hmm. remember when they did the eggnog one and you're yeah. like, it tastes like eggnog, but my brain's going spit it out because it's fizzy. Like, it, yeah. it doesn't taste right. So, yeah, they I mean, they usually they do a good job of hitting those flavors. Yeah. I'm enjoying it. I, I think for, you know, this is a liter bottle um, for a dollar. Liter seltzer. Yeah. Right. Listen, this is a liter. Yeah, it's one liter or 33.8 fluid Chris, ounces. You, if you Chris, prefer. He looks so bored. <laughs> All right. Live it up with your alcohol, Chris. What are you I drinking? will. 
to make it easy on myself for this week, I actually picked up the Samuel Adams holiday variety pack. Um, uh, spoilers, bottles or cans? <clears throat> bottles. Uh, spoilers, I have had one of each of all of these beers already because I picked it up the other day. So, you know, just hanging out, drinking beers. It's what I like to do. Uh, I will not be talking about the Boston Lager because I've had that. But there's you know, a few other beers in here, and some of them are ones that I had not had before. So I was excited to pick this up and get into that. Uh, starting off with the one that I'm pretty sure I have had before. I never checked into it on a tap, though. And this is their Holiday White Ale, uh, 5.8% ABV. And this is delightful. It's nothing like crazy great. Um, you could tell me this was a blue moon, and I'd be like, Okay, yeah, it's got that little hint of like spicy citrus on there. Like it's <clears throat> it's crispy, it's sweet, it's not bad. So um, I had not to drop any names, uh, but I had a, a work function where I sat with uh, Jim Cook from Boston Beer Company, and he talked about how they came up with that, and he told this hilarious anecdote about. The guy who created uh, Hogarden. Uh, it's this little Belgian guy, and he was a mailman. And he, at some point, remembered back okay, in the well, day. First of all, get your story straight. Was he Belgian or was he a mailman? Um, he was both. Mm. Uh, uh, bottles or cans? <laughs> uh, bottles. Uh, and he remembered this beer that his parents used to drink, and it wasn't around anymore. And he remembered, and he talked to his parents, and he found out it was like a wheat beer. And he created uh, Hogarden, and he ended up selling that for, like, millions of dollars. And then he was obsessed with cowboys. So he moved from Belgium to Texas, bought a ranch. And when he was down there, he couldn't find any good beers, created another beer company to make uh, a Belgian white. And it was called, like, it was in Texas, it was called, like, uh, Garden Ho. Yeah, something like that. And Little Jim Cook, garden. he's doing Boston Lager. He's doing all that. They're at a big thing. And this, like, four-foot-tall guy dressed like a cowboy comes strutting up to him. And then his Belgian talking He's like, to I him. got a package for you. Because Twist, he was actually a mailman. <laughs> <laughs> um, but he gave him one of his beers. And he actually, I think he had to have, like, his one of the daughters translate because they knew English better than him. And that was the first time he had like this Belgian white style ale. And he was a like a really lovely guy. And then he was his beer was the talk of that convention. And then like um the the Miller Coors people then went out and created Blue Moon to compete mm-hmm. with this guy's beer. And then all of a sudden Hogarden started getting imported and that guy ended up losing his brewery, I think. But uh Jim Cook said this beer is in honor of the guy who created Hogarden. Hmm. Interesting. Yeah, that was a fun little story. Th- this beer, the Holiday White? Or yeah. a different beer? Okay. No, the Holiday White. Okay, wow. I don't like that you refer to it as a little story just because he was a little person. Like, just <laughs> come on. Come on. Put some respect on Hogarden's name. But Jim Cook was like, you would believe it. Like, the guy's cowboy hat was bigger than him. <laughs> like, he was so tiny. He was he Yosemite up. Sam? Yeah. Was he just remembering a Yosemite <laughs> Sam? Sorry, he could have. Uh, I didn't realize Yosemite I, Sam was Belgium. 
But then again, but well, a lot of the story is made up because he just saw him on the back of some mud flaps <laughs> and it was attached to a beer truck. So he was like, "Yeah, hey, here we go." Uh, but I, but I'm drinking uh, from Edmonds Oast Brewing their leather jacket, uh, American Porter, and I. This beer is a porter. It's okay. Uh, nothing really wows me about this beer. Um, it's just an okay. Like if I was going to rate this on untapped, it'd get a three. Like it's just mm. right down the road. It's nothing, it's nothing huge. It's, there's nothing like making me want to drink any more of this. It's like, yeah, that's okay. Sounds like a four in my book. <laughs> uh, this, this is gonna be a good night. <laughs> you no, know, we're gonna have we're gonna have some fun. I got like five beers to drink. I had I had two of them earlier, so you know what? It's gonna be a great day, and what a great week for news, uh, guys. We're gonna we're gonna spend some time underneath the trailer tree today because we had a bunch of trailers come out for stuff. Um, this rapid fire. We were sending them back and forth. And Paul didn't watch any of them until today. So Paul, <laughs> yeah, I'm gonna ask you. Which of the trailers you watched was your favorite? Which is the one that you want to talk about first? Uh, it it definitely seems like the people are trying to cash in with uh, how the success of The Last of Us and uh, with Fallout. Because, okay. hey, n- another video game adapt- adaption with a uh, post-apocalyptic, you know, uh, scenario. You get the people, the vault dwellers. I never played the Fallout video games. I kind of sort of you know just in the zeitgeist the the aesthetic of it and yeah. the humor of it it did make me chuckle during the uh trailer from the studio that brought you the boys and two days free shipping because it's like hooking fun and coming from amazon um you know it looks like there's going to be a lot of gross out humor a lot of just like hey look we're gonna splatter blood <laughs> things are going to get splattered in the show <clears throat> there was some splattering in the trailer but uh, I don't know. It, it, it didn't make me want to play a Fallout video game. But I'm like, I might eventually check out one or two episodes of this, like just to see yeah. if the humor resonates with me. <clears throat> uh, it looks it looks good. Uh, yeah, it looks I agree. fun. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm look. I I am looking forward to it because it's something different. That's not just the the same old stuff on TV. Um, and yeah, like I, I think the only time I've never played a Fallout game, but I watched Chris play a portion of like Fallout Three. Yep. Uh, and, and I trust, was, like, was going to talk about that's all I ever played. <laughs> and I was like, uh, "Is this what you do?" He goes like, "Yeah, I'm in the sand area, and all these like crabs keep coming out at me, and you're just like jumping around shooting crabs." And I was like, "All right, cool." Yeah. Uh... I was never into Fallout. The only time I ever played it was when I worked at GameStop after loving uh, Elder Scrolls Skyrim. Oh. I was like, okay, well, same developer. People love this game as much, if not more, than Elder Scrolls. Like, let me check out Fallout. And it just it didn't grab me. And mm-hmm. I don't know what it was, but it just didn't have something. And I know people go crazy for these games. I guess uh, Fallout 76 didn't wow people, but... Uh, I, there was a 
pushback because it was micro was it a, a microtransaction game or something like that like there was something know. about how it was to, how it was released that people really didn't like and it well, kind of got i think they also like told people like oh buy this buy the big extension the the big pack and you get all these cool things and then like they didn't get the stuff that was promised to them for the price they paid they didn't get that stuff like it was supposed to come like in a big duffel like a cool like canvas duffel bag like using the game and it was like a cheap vinyl bag that wasn't the same and they're supposed to get like a helmet or something or the arm the arm communicator and like it was like super cheap like there's like i could buy could buy something and spend less money and get something mm-hmm. cooler but yeah all that being said i think this, the show looks interesting like it looks cool i'll probably check it out i don't not having that buy into the game franchise i don't know how much i'm going to go into the show with but it, it looks cool yeah it looks like it captured that aesthetic pretty well i think it did I like the guy with no nose. He's supposed to be like a cool, badass bounty hunter. Oh, the, the one with the cowboy hat? Yeah. He, he's a mailman. <laughs> <laughs> um, uh, John, of yeah. the two remaining trailers, which one do you well, want to talk, talk about? about the one that, I'll talk about the one that I shared, which was oh. the Furiosa, the prequel to the characters in the last Mad Max movie. Um and it looks it looks really good. Um, when they said they were going to be doing this and it was going to be um, Miller doing the story, I was like, OK, if Miller feels like he's got a story to tell with these characters, I'm willing to to see it out. And I mean, it looks it looks really good and action packed. And um, Chris Hemsworth he's got like a prosthetic nose on in it you couldn't even tell i couldn't even i didn't even tell it was him at first yeah um, it, when his name popped up in the the trailer i was like oh he's in this too and then they showed like the character like hanging off of something i was like oh they showed that guy before and i didn't even recognize him yeah um but i like the the mad max with tom hardy is still up there it's just like just a great action movie i still haven't seen it and Based off of how much I like this trailer, I probably will watch that <clears throat> first uh, because I don't see myself going to the theaters to watch this. But when it pops up on streaming, I'll see, definitely check I, it out. There's not much that'll get me into the theaters lately if that's not something that I'm going to watch three weeks after it came out with my son. Yeah. But mm-hmm. I definitely kind of want to go see this in the theater. Like the Mad Max was amazing seeing it on the big screen. And I think this will have that same that same feel but um yeah man max like his man max is amazing it's great it, it looked cool it's supposed to be very good um i know when they announced this people were upset that charlize theron wasn't coming back to play furiosa but now it's anya taylor joy because this is a prequel set before fury road yes well before it's her as like a young woman um, and think, where where does Fury Road take place in the canon of <clears throat> Mad Max films, if you don't mind my asking? I believe it takes place after the original three, but it okay. was supposed to be the start of a new trilogy. Mm-hmm. All that stuff was supposed to happen beforehand, but now it was going to be a new trilogy. Okay. 
and I think this movie would have come out three years ago and we would be having the next Mad Max movie if it wasn't for mm-hmm. COVID. Because mm-hmm. mm. this movie was announced a long time ago. I, it feels like it was, but maybe it wasn't because time has no meaning. <clears throat> but maybe it was. I don't know. Yeah, no, it was. <laughs> okay, I, I believe you. I just I don't remember any of this now because it seems like Fury Road just came out, but I know it was probably like five years ago. Like it's been a while. Yeah. Uh, movie that came out a little bit more recently has been uh, Godzilla versus Kong, and we're getting the sequel to that with Godzilla. X-Kong, or Godzilla Cross-Kong, however you want to pronounce it. The New Ten. Empire. Ten. Godzilla Ten-Kong. <laughs> uh, the New Empire. And this is a movie that I am very excited to see. I really do enjoy all these new, like, MonsterVerse movies, like Skull Island, uh, King of the Monsters, Godzilla. Like, I think they're just a lot of fun. I haven't watched the Monarch show yet. Uh, I don't even know what it's on. It's on like Hulu or Peacock or I think it's on Max Apple, or something. Isn't it? I don't even know anymore. Like it, too much content, too many uh, streaming platforms. But this just looks stupid, big kaiju monster fun. Where it's got to be uh, Godzilla and King Kong teaming up against another new giant monster who's going for the throne. Uh, <laughs> and like the one scene, like King Kong's got like a power gauntlet on. Yeah. And I'm like, man, that's that's stupid, but I love it. And uh people are already discussing <laughs> like why is Godzilla glowing pink now? Uh he's got he's like leveling up, he's got new powers or something. I, I'm there for it. I I don't care. Like these are just the big dumb fun popcorn movies that I kinda kinda want to enjoy now. Either at the theaters or just sitting at home, just putting on something that I can just enjoy watching. Uh, well, as I, a uh, expert of Godzilla, now that I played that game for a week, <laughs> it seems that every time Godzilla appears, he has new powers. <laughs> yep. Because there's new powers that were associated with every year associated with the Godzilla that I could pick. Yeah. Makes I've now sense. lost three games in uh, Adeline, so you know I'm a little bit more humbled. Uh, but also, I haven't I haven't played it as much this past couple days. God, uh, you're the resident Godzilla expert. Uh, yeah, no, it looks good. Um, I played the trailer for Grayson. We had to watch it three times. He's super excited for it. Does he uh, like the little monkey guy in it? Is he excited <clears> for that? He was like, he goes, "Is that King Kong?" Or his baby. <laughs> and I was like, uh, I think it's just another monkey. Because I think uh, monkeys, like, or I think it's another gorilla. Like, I think gorillas are bad guy. And then, like, they show the bald gorilla. Mm-hmm. Which, you know, he's going to be the bad guy because he's bald. And I was like, I think that's the bad guy. And he's like, oh, he's wearing a skeleton. That's what happens. You know what happened? Uh, is I- I'm getting nervous for Florcana, Chris. Why Another set got announced? Yeah, uh, just announced today, the third chapter, Into the Inklands, releasing February 23rd, 2024, uh, at Hobby and Game Stores, and then coming out everywhere, uh, like big box stores, March 8th. Uh, Paul, you say you're getting free, but this is 
kind of the cadence for trading card games. Like every three months, like once a quarter, you get like a product drop. Is that why I fall out of trading card games so quickly? Because I just can't keep up. Because I'm like, dude, I got to play once and there's already three sets coming out. It's like, come on. Yeah, but I mean, the other set just came out like three weeks ago. Mm -hmm. Uh, It actually just released in big box stores five days ago, December 1st. I still so haven't opened still, my packs. It's still fresh. Like, it, I don't don't look at it like, oh, there's already been all the stuff that's come out. Like, the second set just came out. The first one came out three months ago because they <laughs> want to keep those cards coming out like on a schedule just to put new pieces into the metagame and keep the hype there for people that are going to like tournaments and sanctioned mm-hmm. play events and things like that. Um, they haven't said anything else about. If there's going to be any kind of like rotation, like how long cards are going to stay in like the meta before they rotate out, if there's going to be something like that, uh, they're just kind of building as they go. Uh, we're getting a new card type with this one with locations. Rules coming soon, probably, uh, how that works out, in addition to just infusing a bunch of new characters uh, into the game. But yeah, new new play types, That's you know, that's what they're going to do. When I heard but when I heard Ravensburger and uh, it's Disney getting to the collectible card game, I thought it was going to be a more family friendly like collectible card game system that I, I maybe the sets would be like okay twice a year, like two times a year, like oh. and that way families could you know get hyped and save up and like buy sets well, and fam families can still shop and buy and play that way but mm-hmm. for it to succeed in the the trading card game market they got to keep keep the players happy because if there is <clears> too <throat> much of a lapse or drop between products people are going to drop off and because they get either sick go of the to, meta. they get sick of the current meta yeah like i and then if some other game comes out they might dip their toes into that or if an already established franchise like magic or pokemon or Yu-Gi-Oh! comes out with a new set, like, they might have already had a lot of buy-in for that. It's like, oh, you know what? I'm going to put my money towards Magic, which I've been playing for years, instead of this new game that's already had one or two sets. It's more meta-defining at that point. How quick do the decks really, like, hit? And, like, that's, oh, nope, this is a deck build that you need if you're going to be competitive. Like, is that, like, within the week of release? And then, oh, like so, beforehand, people already start oh, theory crafting that kind of stuff. Like before mm-hmm. the pieces are actually out, people are mocking up the cards that they see leaked or announced online, and then slotting those into decks and starting to play stuff out. So by the time the cards actually come out, people already have decks built mm-hmm. and ready to go. So they're just trying to collect those pieces to stay competitive. But if you're just playing casually like we do, it's like, hey, cool, yeah, new cards. Oh. Hey, I I opened up a Gaston. Cool. Like that, that's all I'm in it for. Yeah. It's because Paul, I got what's up? I got I got your decks right here. Oh, nice. See, I'm thinking that's how I'm going to keep up with it. With it's just the uh those those making your friend buy decks. them for you. Yeah. <laughs> making my no, friend buy them for me and uh the pre-made decks and like playing with those and then like once I feel like I got enough of those, maybe just stopping for a while 
and be like, no, I got Look Run, I got I can play this. These these are my six decks that I have. And that's valid. I mean, you have the the booster box for Chapter Two. Mm-hmm. Like that gives you a bunch of other pieces to slot into those decks if you want to mess around with them. Even if you want to take your decks apart and be like, all right, I have these two decks. All right, let me take half of this one, half of this one, jam it with, hey, cool, new deck. That's how we we started. Like it's a way to play. It is a way to play. And there's another way to play, and that's by reading Not comics. to play? I don't, I don't know. I was trying to <laughs> take away Falcon. the so I could get up and get my next beer. So someone else save the segue. I'll be right uh, back. Is this to choose not to and just reading a comic book instead? That's right. What comic book are you looking forward to coming out uh, next week or uh, on December 6th, 2023? Today. Uh, I'm picking up from Image Comics, uh, Blood Rick number one. And this is written and art by Andrew Cronky. Uh, um, I actually already bought this book. And uh, I actually bought it when you guys were talking about um, your Disney card game. And started looking through it. And uh, the art in it, I really, really like. Um, it seems very Conan the Barbarian-esque. Uh, somebody is like, the story starts with somebody telling the story of blood rick and doing all this uh but actually the first page actually has a thing from the writer artist like talking about how he self-published the book and now got picked up by a company and is rather reprinting and colorizing his book um which is kind of fun and uh book looks great and uh I, hopefully uh maybe next month we'll be reading it for look back polly I'm excited Chris, for what are Phantom. What you looking for? <laughs> he said, but he, he said me. Uh, yeah, but I finished mine. It was me to throw. Oh, somebody. okay, that makes sense. Mm. Uh, we are now in December officially, and you know, it's the time of year to partake in like those holiday Christmas specials. And from over at DC Comic Books, we have a special event coming out, and this is Batman Santa Claus Silent Night. Uh, number one coming out. Uh, this is being written by Jeff Parker, art by Michelle Brandy. Uh, it's I, I want to read this part of the solicitation because I think it's funny. Um, where is it? Uh, Four part crossover event of the generation begins when a not so jolly St. Nick hits Gotham City to investigate a brutal crime in the days leading up to Christmas. What manner of man or beast could have committed such atrocities? With the help of his former student, Batman, Santa will team up with the heroes of the DC universe to right his wrong, or the world wakes up to find coal in all of their stockings. And then it says, it's Claus and Canon. So they are introducing Santa Claus into the DC universe as someone that mentored Batman. Uh, I think this is going to be kind of ridiculous. Uh, covers are by Dan Mora, so they are chef's kiss perfection um i think it's just gonna be fun this is kind of what i want from my holiday uh comic book specials and usually the dc anthologies are very hit or miss i think this one's gonna hit uh yeah the one christmas the one cover he did looks awesome it's like batman santa and um uh 
uh, what's his name? The the thing the the the, the oh, beast Krampus. that steals Krampus on the back. <clears throat> yeah. yeah. I sent it to each of you on Instagram because they got a couple of them. Hawk girl pulling the sleigh with Wonder Woman driving it. Yeah, those covers look amazing from Dan Moore. Yeah, looks looks fun. Paul, now yes. you can talk about the book you're looking forward to. Ah, uh, Fantastic Four, fourteen. Uh, this is we're finally we're looping back to Fantastic Four issue one. Uh, we're finally learning the, about the mystery of, uh, or coming back to the mystery that uh, Reed Richards sent the Baxter Building and the whole city block um, of New York City forward in time one year in order to save that uh, the people inside <clears throat> and now it's one year later so they're catching up with the timeline and they're going back to to reunite with the family that's right uh the the uh the two kids franklin and valeria and um the rest of uh their friends so we'll see what happens when they get back to new york they left because people didn't like them because of what happened. So see if they get a warm welcome. So then Probably they went not. to hang out with dinosaurs? I'm just trying to trying to piece together what happened. No, no. They the, the two dinosaur thing was completely different. That's just an adventure they had during the, this year. Mm. Now it's time now now the clock is ticking. They gotta get back in time to welcome their kids that won't even notice that they time traveled. Gotcha, okay. I did not you, know what was going on in that book that we picked up. <laughs> I think it. That's uh, because we went in in issue thirteen. Yeah, who but, would do that? But the dinosaur thing only happened one issue previous. There's only been one other issue with them hanging out with the dinosaurs. So Paul, you didn't, the, jump, you didn't even jump in when the dinosaur thing started. No. <laughs> It's the only two issues, and Doom doesn't show up with the dinosaurs until the first, this issue. I'm just going to buy the second issue of this crossover. Yeah. Doing this podcast with Paul is like in the Three Amigos when they're trying to bring in the uh, Invisible Knight. And, uh, you know, I shot, I did my line, I shot in the air. Chris does, and he shoots in the air. And Paul does his line, but he shoots to the side, and he shoots the Invisible the invisible knight who's supposed to come save us. That's what the show's like. And now, I'm going to make you guys read uh, the second one in. There's a lot more going on in the storyline because I just listed everything that you missed. Yeah, but you, we, you didn't need to know that to enjoy dinosaurs. No. Dinosaur Doom is great on his own. He does not need your thoughts, and he is beyond your prayers. I could have used a lot more of Doom in that book, but then he was taken out like the 1970s cartoon Doom. It's <laughs> great. So good. So good. Well, that it's brings so, us it, to our main topics. Before that, <laughs> we got into a dramatic reading. And now a dramatic reading from Fantastic Four, number 13, page 13, panel two. Your calculations are fatally flawed, Reed. As they always are, burdened by incorrect assumptions and sloppy reasoning. The universe cannot occupy the same space. True, but they won't have to. That was a dramatic reading.
from Fantastic Four number 13. Page 13, panel two. Uh, do you like how either Chris figured out which panel you were talking about beforehand that would be the Doom one that you'd love to read? Or he magically no, no, was, all, like, just picked the right numbers? No, the one that I wanted to read was, I, I wasn't sure if it was between two panels, it, it split up between two panels because when you're reading it, it was what I read right before then, which is Doom does not need your thoughts and he is beyond your prayers. What a great yeah. Doom line. And also there's the great Doom because he's like, how dare you strike at Doom? And then the other Doom goes, you know that Doom strikes as he will. <laughs> it's like, yes. John, you're the one that picked that book. Because <laughs> I asked you one, two, or three. Oh, in yeah. my In my library, book one would have been Outsiders. Book two was uh, Fantastic Four. And Fantastic then book Four. three was Speed Force. Or what did I say? Speed Force. Oh, yeah. 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 You picked it. I just... I, just I didn't pick it for the list! <laughs> I did. I enjoyed it. Did. And you know what I just picked up? Another beer from uh, Sam Adams? Yeah. Uh, John, before you had an OK Porter, I'm drinking an Oaky Porter, because this is their OVP. This is the Oaked Vanilla Porter, 5.8% ABV again. And this is actually really good. Like, this is hitting just right. It's the perfect amount of, like, that, like, just nice wood and then beautiful vanilla sweetness on it. This reminds me not of the uh, the Black and Brew, because completely different flavor profiles, but this is this holiday sampler's black and brew like this is the one that's like oh i'm gonna buy this sampler pack because I, it has yeah. this beer in it because it's so good it's fantastic uh i got this in bottles john in case you're curious because i've heard if you get the cans you get another one of these and another one of the other beers but it doesn't have the winter white or the boston lager in it true true but yeah this is this is uh, fantastic you know that <clears throat> don't you, okay. Don't you I'm wish gonna, you had another one of them? I'm going to say this in the defense. This is the last one I got. Putting in the Boston Lager into your variety pack, because right now my fridge is filled with just Christmas variety packs, and I'm like, you know what? I kind of kind of wanted just a like an IPA, and I don't have. Well, I do have them because I could open up the uh, the space cake, um, but still, I don't want to open up that pack, and I'm like, ah, eh, you know. Guess I'm going to drink a Christmas ale. It's not an IPA, though. So. Right, John? Right. But you, you have an IPA, right? I'm drinking an IPA. Uh, from other half, I'm drinking their Wangies. This is a double dry hopped Imperial Oat Cream IPA. Um, and this is good. 8.3% uh, doesn't drink like it's that high of ABV. Um, it's not my favorite other half IPA. It's not my least favorite other half IPA. It's another right down the middle IPA. Um, I'd probably give this higher than a three, but it wouldn't wouldn't be much higher than that. Maybe a three and a half, maybe a, a 3.2. Um, it's good, but it's not knocking my socks off. That sounds like a two. No, I think I would, you would put that in a four. <laughs> I didn't want to say the same number. 
So, uh, I don't guys, think you've ever voted anything at two. You've had stuff you're like, oh, this is undrinkable. Oh, Paul, you gave that a four. Yeah, I drank it. Yeah, they tried. <laughs> like, I respect what they were trying to do with it. So, you know, they got a four. And I respect the effort that Polar Seltzer is uh, doing. They're, they're came in, uh, coming out with these uh, smaller six packs and uh, smaller cans, 4.5 ounces. And uh, I'm drinking one from their spring kind of release. This is their Impossibly Good series of flavors. Um, and I have the Yeti Mischief. And it comes with this cute little, look at this can. It's adorable. Eh, we can't, you froze. But oh, I froze. Uh, you look I confused say, by the can. Yeah, you, you look do. like you're doing a YouTube thumbnail where you're like, oh, I can't believe this can. <laughs> it does. It does look like that. Uh, <laughs> those are the kid. Those are for little kids. Those are the kid seltzers. Because there's a Yeti one. There's a dragon one. There's a mermaid one. So they are making fun little cans for children, Paul. This is the Polar Seltzer Jr. This is their impossibly good line. Yeti mess mischief. A lemon lime story with a new icy plot twist. I don't get the iciness to it, but it's kind of nice lemon lime flavor. Uh, I'm enjoying it. I think it's fun that it's in a 7.5 fluid ounce can. Yeah, it might be for kids, but I think we can, uh, adults can enjoy it too. You know, maybe. Is that allowed, John? I've had them. I bought them for my son one time. I bought all the flavors for my son. Yeah. Which what one do you like best? Uh, they all kind of taste the same. Mm-hmm. Uh, so they're all awesome. kind of that kind of bubble gummy, lemon lime kind of flavor. They're all good, though. Um, yeah, he drinks seltzers. We drink seltzers a lot. So he usually has them with dinner. You know what? Now that I'm really thinking about the flavor, this is the lemon lime that you get from the top of a free of uh, one of those bomber pops oh okay. like that like, kind of yeah i like that lemon lime not, it's definitely not a not quite as seven up living kind of like a lemon like a lemon ice almost. yeah lemon ice yeah yeah exactly that's that's more than <clears throat> i think it's good i'm happy to have it nice. i'm liking it more than the pomegranate champagne which is for adults <laughs> <laughs> uh <laughs> I'm drinking from Hardywood Brewing Company, their gingerbread porter. They have uh, that at my beer porter, store. I saw it on the shelf. I'll grab it for next week. The variety pack? No, the, I just saw like cans of the gingerbread okay. I didn't realize there was a variety oh. pack. There's a variety pack. You get the original stout, the gingerbread stout. You get the Christmas morning, which is the gingerbread stout with coffee. You get the porter, which I'm drinking now, and then they have a fluff one with like marshmallow and vanilla. I already had the fluff one. I made, mm. uh, I split it with my mother-in-law and a friend uh, 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 for a brunch, and my mother-in-law said this would be good with vanilla ice cream in it. So we all put a scoop of vanilla ice cream in it, and it was good. Mm. Uh, the porter here is. Another just okay, like original. Oh, speaking of an okay rest. porter, I'm drinking Sam. Hey! Making the joke um, again. Hardywood, the stout is just super good. The gingerbread, all those big flavors really hit. They don't hit as well with the porter. Um, 
The beer feels also a lot thinner than the stout does with it being a porter. Um, 9.2% though, huge, big alcohol. You don't get any of that. Like it's a nice, smooth drinking beer. This beer is good if you hadn't had a regular Hardywood mm-hmm. and you had this first, you'd be like, oh, this is really good. But if you've had a Hardywood stout before, gingerbread stout, uh, you feel the same way I do about this beer. Uh, um, bad. I'm going to finish it. It's good, but it's not as good as the stout or the fluff, the fluffy one. That sounds like a 4.5 to me. Hilarious, Paul. Yeah, should have let that joke die after that. I got the first laugh, but I wanted that laugh again. It's <laughs> not going to happen. It's not happening. But, Paul, you know what? I know you would give a five. Our what? main topic, which is our monthly look back for November 2023. We do this every month. Mm-hmm. Each pick a number one or number 14, 13, whatever issue this was <laughs> of a comic book. 13. And then we make everybody else read it and we uh, sit down to discuss them. So this month, uh, I picked Speed Force number one. Paul picked Fantastic Four 13. And John picked Outsiders number one. So why don't we kick it off with Fantastic Four? Well, we've already Four. talked about Fantastic Four. Yeah, we've already talked we, about Fantastic Four. We already started okay. there, so... Uh, let me load up the page and to figure out. Uh, it's Ryan North is the writer. I don't know who was doing the art, but I really enjoyed the art. Except there was one weird panel of Ben Grimm, regular Ben Grimm, not the uh, dinosaur Ben Grimm, where With the he floating has, head. Yeah, it's a floating head. Uh, yeah, I saw that. It's like it's a ball on top of his shoulders. Yeah, <laughs> I'm like it's towards the end. Yeah, I'm like I understand the thing neck is difficult, but. That he looks like, like that throughout the whole book. His head looks like it's a floating head. Yeah. Yeah. It's definitely much much more like pronounced on that mm-hmm. final final panel. So looks like my Chrome is locked up. So can't do it on my computer. Let's see if I can but we've but been talking about it page, for a while. Page nine. Page nine, you got it. It's, yeah, it's uh, you can see like it. you said, written by Ryan North, art by Eben Coelho. Other than the weird floating head, I, and, I really like the look of the book. And uh, covers by the great um, Alex Ross. Hmm. Oh, I didn't realize that. Now I have to go back and look at the, the cover. Okay, yeah, I can see that. And what a great cover. That's that's what drew me in. Like that's, I picked it for the, uh, the, the list when it was coming out, and I came back to it uh, to read for look back and ever reading it and having such great doom moments in it i'm like i i love it this uh, this is i'm loving this book it's so out there so crazy over the top it's over the top science fiction usually in a way that i don't enjoy because most of the time i want my science fiction to actually have some sort of stakes and feel a little grounded this seems zany because it is zany it's they, they open up a portal uh, to a alternate universe where the Earth is still run by dinosaurs, but you know the timeline has happened in such a way that the Avengers are assembled, still are the Avengers, but they're dinosaurs. The Fantastic Four are still the Fantastic Four, but dinosaurs. Doom, still Doom. <laughs> um, but he's a dinosaur. Yeah, but he's a dinosaur. And 
for whatever reason, <clears throat> I'm loving it. Like when Ben Grimm comes through the portal back to the regular world and he's like, wait a second, Avengers, you guys are still fighting the dinosaurs? You know, uh, Iron Man's like, yeah, they're dinosaurs, and also they have the powers of the Fantastic Four. They're really tough. And he's like, just talk to them. Reed and Reed built a translator, like, within the first couple minutes. And I'm like, Reed and Tony uh, built a, you know, I read and our, and he's like, and then he uses a swear word that the dinosaurs speak to get them to understand that, hey, maybe We're we the can good guys. talk. Yeah, it's so good. So much fun. So take what did you like about this? Your, take some scrap metal from your suit and make a thing. I I didn't say I didn't like it. I did feel like I was missing a couple beats to the story of what was going on. It's fine. It's like my beers. It's middle of the road. Because when I, I've read Fantastic Four books, mm-hmm. I read like the big like great things that oh you got to read this or it's the fantastic four have lost everything and reed richards's attempt and mm-hmm. like those stories like yeah that happened 20 big, years ago oh yeah they're, they're <laughs> big grand stories uh-huh. this feels like like i said an episode of like the 70s cartoon it's just having fun mm-hmm. there's no real big stakes how they beat how they beat uh, Doom is so, like, cliche and feels like it's been done a thousand times, but it's it just is, it's my second favorite book that we read. Hmm. Like, I did have fun with this book, um, and a lot of it was, like, the star of this book was the thing. Like, mm-hmm. it, and I wish there was more Doom because the Doom stuff was fun in it, but... It was the Thing's book and Thing and Dinosaur Thing, like, winking at each other, like, oh, we got a plan. Like, we'll go mm-hmm. save the day. Oh, you can't trust him. <laughs> you know? So, wait, you two guys are going to rule together? Cool, cool. Well, who's going to be each other? You totally first? turn on each other, though, right? <laughs> like, oh, no, not this time? Okay, Dooms. <laughs> You haven't thought about that? Yeah, that's what dinosaurs. So, of course, dinosaurs are going to say, darn you and your inevitable betrayal, or whatever the line from Serenity was. What was it? Chris, thoughts? Uh, I I mostly liked it. I liked the Doom stuff. I liked the Ben Grimm stuff. This book makes a lot more sense when you realize that Ryan North, the guy who wrote it, actually does the Adventure Time comic books from over at Boom Kids. Uh, years ago, I forget what convention we went to, and we got the Adventure Time sketches. Like, yeah. you got Finn, and I got, like, uh, Marceline. Like, uh, we got the artists from Adventure Time, but that book was being done by Ryan North. So we actually talked about it for that yeah that one uh yeah. we we read the book because we were like oh like we had a chance we sat down we talked to the artist like let's pick up this book and it was a lot of fun <clears throat> so going into this i was like oh, okay it tracks that he's got that kind of like weird <clears throat> funky like sensibility to his writing uh he did the character stuff really well with doom and ben Grimm. 
everybody else was just kind of there though. Like I, without having read the issue before, I don't know why it matters that the Avengers are there because they don't seem to do anything in this one really, besides the fact that they're tussling with the dinosaurs at the beginning because then they just and also to show you how cool Doom is by defeating everybody because he's bringing quarks in from the alternate universe and colliding them with quarks here and just exploding on your face. Just all those quirks. Yeah, uh, he definitely likes exploding on people's faces. He was going to explode inside people's heads. That's, that yeah. was the threat. That was keeping everybody away. <clears throat> but what is glory without an audience? Yeah. Truth. You know? <laughs> <laughs> we will write our own tales and our own legends. Oh, such a good doom. And it was a good doom. Like, like you said, this is what's getting you back into Fantastic Four now. Mm-hmm. You're gonna be you're picking up the next one for this week. And we've we've since like the Jonathan Hickman run, like you yeah. keep dipping your toe into Fantastic Four. We keep doing it, and we have moments where like, yeah, it's really good. Like, but I think every time they keep you on for a book or two, and then yeah, you usually fall off. <clears throat> but I think the last one where they made like New York disappear and they they some whatever they were fighting stole um, Franklin's powers. That was one like I read the next couple like I was like, oh, this was good enough. I'd stay on this to see where it's going. And I ended up I ended up dropping off. of yeah. it. This one, I wouldn't pick up the next issue like it. If if you said, oh, it really starts getting good. Maybe I'd pick up a couple more, but mm-hmm. <clears throat> well, what's what's kind of fun about this, you know, these 14 issues so far, like you remember the first one, it's Alicia and Ben like away in a town that's stuck in a time loop. And that was a one shot. That was just it. This these two issues have just been two issues like these are very short arcs. So it's not like there's a full 14 story issue arc so far. Yeah. Yes, there is that background of hey the thing that happened in new york but all the stories have been kind of self-contained so my son's been loving scooby-doo so we've been picking up like at the library we we did the one like the batman scooby-doo issue um for um april fool's look back we did that Mm -hmm. so Mm -hmm. i've been picking up the trades and reading them with grayson and they're all like one shot scooby-doo with a superhero and those, like, those feel like they're done better with that camp. Like, it feels like mm. this is trying to be, like, that fun, cartoony, campy kind of thing. Mm-hmm. Where those books, in my, like, did it do it a little bit better? Mm. And they're, because they're kind of silly. They're kind of out there and weird. Um, but they're tying into superheroes and, like, they're big villains and big storyline kind of stuff. Like, those felt like they were just, they nailed that a little bit better than what, if that was their intent of this book, of being kind of fun and, I wouldn't say silly, but silly. Yeah, I think that was the intent, to be fun and silly. Yeah, and especially when Chris says, like, it's the guy who was writing Adventure Time, like, it made more sense what was going on in this story. It works for the Fantastic Four but I think I'm also have been set to Fantastic Four serious than Fantastic mm-hmm. Four fun. Mm-hmm. 
Yeah. You know. I get that. It's been Dan Slott took over Fantastic Four for a while. And then so it's been like they've been like skewing more fun since the Future Foundation. And, you know, um, oh, my goodness. He just said the writer's name. Dan Slott. Jonathan no. Hickman. Jonathan. Jonathan Hickman. Since Jonathan Hickman, they've been trying to get more back to, oh, they're the fun family of Marvel. And I think this is like maybe a little bit of an overcorrection. Like it's gone a little too far, but I, I had fun with it. And yeah, you love you. We like, can tell you loved it. It was just so much, you know, because I read the the other issues that I picked up uh, for the list, and I'm like, these aren't these just aren't as fun. But we know Paul's favorite book. So John, what was your book? Uh, my book was The Outsiders. Never the end. Uh, this is written by Jackson Lansing and Colin Kelly. Art by Robert Carey. And this is... Uh, this is... Uh, I want to say Lucius Fox, but it's not Lucius Fox. It's Lucius Luke. Fox's son, Luke Fox. Um, bringing in Batgirl, bringing in Drummer. And Batwoman. really... Batwoman. And really wanting to be, I'm trying to think of the book's name. Planetary. Uh, yeah, Planetary. They, spoilers. They, they tease, they tease they, it at they the end. Check it. They have the book at the end. Uh, but it definitely really feels like it's trying to be planetary. Just not as well written as planetary. Mm-hmm. I did have fun with this book, and I did enjoy a lot of the similarities between what that they're trying to pull in with planetary mm-hmm. um luke fox dressing in white um but it's, it's up in the arctic <laughs> yeah but the arctic it's just kind of clunky mm-hmm. i wouldn't mind staying on this to see if it gets better with what their reveals with planetary are going to be and I'm hoping that there are going to be some. Uh, I um, I agree with the clunky because for me, it's like, OK, I like Batwoman. I like Luke Fox. I have nothing going into drummer because she's obviously just like the stand in for drums from the original planetary book. If you're going to be doing planetary and then you're teasing planetary. Just do, do planetary. planetary? Mm hmm. Because I haven't read a lot of Luke Fox, but he he doesn't seem like he would in a normal Batman book here. Because he's like, he is in that Elijah Snow, like, oh, everything I'm saying is very grand, very verbose, but still very curt and short to the point. Because I need you to do this. Are you in? That doesn't feel like him. But again, I haven't read a lot, so maybe I just haven't read the right yeah. Uh like Batwing stuff, but that's that's why I'm here. Spaceship. Tell me about your feelings. <laughs> I feel that way too. I Best Friends. <laughs> I think if this was a planetary book, it would probably entice me more to read number two, but it's planetary light. And I think for me a big selling point of the original planetary was the John Cassidy art, 
where mm-hmm. every book looked different. Every book was just gorgeous. This just kind of reads like normal superhero book. But it's not. But it, it because is. they say that. <laughs> We're not. And they named a character. They named a character Cassidy <laughs> in it. I was like, mm-hmm. oh, I see what you're doing. They also name checked uh, Jenny uh, Jenna Sparks. Yeah, she's a she's a skeleton in there. Yeah. I just do planetary. <laughs> but yeah. also, if you're gonna do that, you it has to be planetary. Like that book was removed from the DC universe, and I think that was to its. Better. To its strengths, yeah. Like mm-hmm. it, it read like a comic book because there was a lot of weird stuff in it, but it never felt bogged down by any kind of continuity mm-hmm. or anything else because it was free to stand on its own. And right off the bat, like you're lumping yourself into other stuff. Like it literally starts off with Luke Fox talking about like, oh, Batman and Catwoman's wars ruined everything for us. But what if we went off the grid and did our own thing? And he's like, you don't have to wear, like, spandex or anything. She's still wearing a Batwoman costume through yeah. everything, which is a cool... They have like, a winter version it. for her. I, I, the winter version looks really cool, but it's... He's still wearing, like, the, the Batwing yeah. stuff. It's... Yeah, it pops out of his, like, a nanotech suit, pops out over his white suit when he needs it. <laughs> and, like, even his white suit is so trying to be... I want to say Eli- Elijah, Elijah Snow. Yeah. Elijah Snow. Um, it's been a long time since I've been planetary, but I loved every minute of planetary. And I was so excited every time it came, like, oh, been six years between <laughs> trade four and five. Now it's here. Yay. Like, I loved all of that. So then, um, uh, so then, like, I, I have a part that's of me that's like I'm really hoping this brings those characters back because I'd like to see more of them. So I'm holding out on this. There's things about this book I like. It there's things that are not great about it. Mm-hmm. And I'm hoping that the things that I want to happen and things that I like are going to be fulfilled in it. <sighs> If I pick up issue two, I'm going to read the solicitations. And if it seems like it's going to go somewhere, maybe, maybe. But I'm not, I'm not looking. For, actually, you know what? Yeah, I, I, it sounds like you're talking yourself out of it. Like, I'm not looking forward I, to I, it. I'll read you the know what? I'm, I, I had, I had, this book is number one. Fantastic Four is number two. Speed Force is number three. But I think when it comes down to it, if I was going to read another book, it might be Fantastic Four. <laughs> Fun. Was, you know what? Because of that and because I I have an idea of what I to expect mm-hmm. out of it. And issue two of Outsiders is me wanting something that probably isn't going to happen. And that is a Paul way of looking at books. Yeah, that is that's how you end up buying four issues being like but guys issue five is when it gets good that's gonna get good uh yeah i kind of feel a similar way it's like i don't know why they're doing this book because they want to do planetary but they can't do planetary so since they can't do planet so just don't do planetary just don't do it 
And then uh, since they are doing it, well, the elephant in the room is planetary. So they're making constant message, you know, nods to it. That just makes us readers want planetary instead of this book. There was something that we read or watched. I can't remember what it was that was making references to the thing that was based off of. And it was frustrating me in the moment because it's like you can't keep referencing what you're based off of. That does what you're trying to do better because it's just pointing out your, your faults. And this isn't to that point. Like I think blanket statement right now, I think all of the books that we read this month were fine. Like there's nothing that I actively dislike. There's nothing that I actively loved. And I'm like, all right, number two, sign me up. But this made me just be like, man, planetary was great. I, I really enjoyed reading that. I, I gave away I'm, my I'm, trades, but I if it's one of those books that I see it on Comixology, wait, no, now it's just Kindle, uh, like cheap, like three ninety nine for a trade, like I would pick it up and like revisit it again because a lot of those books are just great standalone, fun, mm-hmm. and not not fun because like the story does get dark and heavy, but you know what I mean, like they're just entertaining reads. I know I was looking for my planetary books and I think like some of the issues I bought got ruined in the flood and I think a trade got ruined in the flood. So mm. I'm actually going on Kindle. I'm, go, I'm, go, I'm going on Kindle and seeing whether or not if there's a good deal on them. Yeah. And while you're doing that, I'm going to talk about my next beer, which also coming out of the Sam Adams holiday sampler pack is their cold IPA. 6.2% ABV. So this is the biggest of the beers I've had so far. I'm looking at the other ones available. The Winter Lager, 5.6. Old Fezziwig, 5.9. So yeah, this is still the biggest one in there, but it's still not that bad. Uh, this is a delicious IPA. Very light, very bright, very crispy. It's got a nice uh, like citrusy hop pop to it. It doesn't say what hops it's brewed with. Um, but but this is fantastic. I think this is probably one of the best cold IPAs that I've had. Um, it smells nice. it smells hazy. I don't know what it looks like. It's very clear just looking at the bottle. But mm. I, I I enjoy this one. This and the OBP I think are the uh, the reason to get the season box. Nice. I I saw cold IPA for some reason. I have a negative association with it. Was I think it... it's because we did that cryo hop oh. pack. I don't mm-hmm. remember who made it. And we were always like, no, it's it's fine. That, that was you and that was you and me. Oh, Paul didn't do no, that. I was there. Yeah, no, we did it. But did Paul you was do there. The too? Yeah, I was there. I was on the show. I like, I really like cold IPAs. Mm-hmm. Uh, this one's great. The the, the sideward one that we had, Paul. I can't remember what it was called. It was like had the Viking on the the can. We had it poolside. Okay. Um. That one was really good. I don't remember what it was called. But. <laughs> it was such a dismissive okay. okay. I guess I'm not remembering it. I'm sorry. I'm well, we also drank a lot because that's yeah. when we also had uh, the, one of the, like, their blood. bourbon barrel aged. Yeah. And then like, uh, 11% it beers. Hot. It was hot. You were drinking and you weren't allowed in the pool. No, we can go in the pool. We can go in the lazy river. <laughs> <laughs> that's the only place I wanted to be. But, uh, John, uh, I see you You popped another one. Is that a bottle or a can? Uh, that's a can. Uh, and I'm on picture with you, so you know that. 
I am drinking from Community Beer Works. This is their Chaco Taco Whale. Uh, brown ale brewed with um, sugar cones, vanilla, peanuts, and chocolate. I've had this beer before, and it really reminded me of a Chaco Taco. Mm. Um, it was in that pack, Chris, that I brought home or I brought down to you that exploded. Mm. Um, this kind of reminds me of a Chaco Taco. And I love Chaco Tacos. Do you think now that Chaco Tacos don't exist, they forgot what it tasted like, and they're like, oh, probably maybe close they couldn't they couldn't go back to it. Um, it's really sad that they don't exist. They were amazing, so good. See, that's one of those things. Like, I I know I ate them, but it's not like a thing I would get all the time because you you get them at like a Seven Eleven ice cream cooler or like off of a an ice cream truck. Yeah, it was a uh, solid choice off the ice cream truck. I never really like waffle cones. It's the only time I like a waffle cone was a Choco Taco. Oh, you like a soft waffle cone? No, I don't like waffle. I don't like waffle cones at all. I don't. You just like the the regular like wafer cone. I don't know what to call it. Yeah. Uh, No, I used to eat my ice cream and try to get all my ice cream out of the cone and just throw the cone away. I'm not a cone guy. No cone. No No cone. cone. I'd prefer I'd, I'd I'll get it in the you'll get it in I'll a get dish. it in a bowl I'll get it in a dish unless I'm driving then I'll have it in a cone because you gotta it's easier to drive and eat an ice cream but then you just throw that cone out the window uh yeah they I try to eat try it to, birds I try I try to hit a kid walking down the street because yeah, uh, careful don't go too one fast time, one time I was driving passenger in a seat uh, in a in a car and we drove by people and they spat on that car. Ever since then, pedestrians on the street, watch out. <laughs> you get coned. It was Chris's car. This it was my car. It's like the first time I came to pick you up after I got my license. Yeah, girl Maddie spit broke, on my car. Maddie broke your seat. Did. <laughs> but who fixed it for you? I think you did. I did. Uh, Paul, you got another polar? <laughs> no, no. I am I drank a lot of water, so I'm good. <sighs> Uh, anyways, one one more book to talk about, and this is my pick, and this is going to be Speed Force number one, uh, written by Jarrett Williams, art by Danielle DiNiculo, who I absolutely loved over on uh, Boom's Seven Secrets, uh, bringing his very kinetic, energetic art to the Speed Force uh, Flash Family book. Uh, and this one is focusing on Wallace West, not Wally. Um, but he's Kid Flash now. And then the Flash of China, whose name is escaping me, Avery Ho. So I don't know where she's been previous to this. Um, I'm now a very lapsed Flash fan, I can say. Mm-hmm. I have my Flashes that I like. I have my Flash runs that I like. Uh, so I'm not too familiar with everything that's come recently. Uh, but we are in a little bit of a flash renaissance right now. And I'm kind of torn on how I feel about flash books because this like speed force here definitely feels more like kind of a filler arc that we would have had from like a Jeff Johns flash where an evil streaming company is stealing scientists to have them work in their like publishing facility where they're, launching music from and it's going to be up to uh flash and kid flash 
to to solve this mystery because I don't remember the villain's name. It's the Music Meister. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm gonna circle back to my point. I'm very torn on my flashbooks right now because the actual Wally West flashbook, I like. It's got Wally. I did not like the art in it at all. The, the Mike Dodato, just very static, very stark black. Not a fan. The Jay Garrick Flash, I think, had the family aspect that I love from Flash. And I think what was missing from the Wally West Flash book. But Jay Garrick's not my Flash. Paul might have words to say about that. But I love the heart of that book, but it just didn't grab me mm-hmm. how I wanted it. This has two characters that I don't know and don't care about, but I absolutely love Daniel DiNiculo's art. And this brings just the energy that I want to see, like, bouncing off the panels in a flashbook. But I don't care about the characters. It's a made—they're all made up, but it's a made-up villain for this arc. So I know there's not going to be any, like, stakes to this. This is, like, your your D-tier, yeah, like, flash villain that pops up in— like a Jeff Johns thing, and they're like, well, it's fine. I'm never going to see this villain again. Like, it's not even like the uh, the turtle or <laughs> yeah. Weather Wizard. Like, it's just someone that's there to be villain of the arc. All right, next one, we're on to someone better. It was, he was voiced by Neil Patrick Harris and won the, in what was it, Batman <laughs> Brave and the Bold? And uh, he the... was, and Music Meister was also. Uh, played by uh, the guy from uh, the Holy Musical, uh, Harry Potter. What that guy? Um, There's the Muppet. The, he also sings uh, the in the he's the grave digger in the, the Haunted Mansion Muppets. Yeah, Darren Chris. Yeah, Darren Chris. Yeah, Darren Chris was him okay. uh, in the Flash. Oh, interesting. On the CW's The Flash. I found yeah. the artwork. And the writing both very chaotic, which felt very Speed Force esque, very like bop, 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 bop. Uh, and I didn't like it because of that. Like I <laughs> didn't like my like comic it. book's too loud. I can't read this. Yeah, basically it was just like everything was chaotic, and it was like <laughs> we gotta catch these guys. Ah, eh, let's stop at a Seven Eleven and eat something. <laughs> ah, let's go get them. Ah, let's go do this. Ah, let's go do that. Hey, let's do the fighting moves from the game. You know, like I just there, I didn't care about the the character who I cared the most about left after page three, and it was Connor Kent. Like, <laughs> like okay, like, yeah, he's, uh, just, he's, he's just hanging out with the playing video games. Yeah. like I don't know how they know each other. I mean, it's the DC universe, but yeah, I I was surprised to see uh, Con in this. And uh, yeah, like it just everything's felt so chaotic. In the book, and I was like the, and I was like, man, this art is just chaotic. This writing's chaotic too. Like, and it just seems like they're just bouncing off the walls of the Speed Force. And then when they were like, let's do it like a team, I was like, I don't fucking care about either one of you. Like, it just, there's nothing that sold me on this book. That's all I gotta say. All I know is the dialogue made me feel like older than I currently am like you know that (laughs) meme of the person like just steadily like oh yeah that happened like 10 years ago and the person like steadily from panel to panel gets older and older and then they're just dust that's how i felt reading each panel like 
because they're like saying bet and some other jargon that I just am <laughs> not down with. Oh yeah, they were definitely using the jargon of those young kids. Paul. <laughs> and then the one kid shows Paul up and he's can you raise your fist and shake it like Doom and say, Get off my yard. The one kid comes in and is, is like This is my frisbee now. <laughs> Keep this nonsense off my lawn. Um, this isn't even for disc golf. You get this. You get this at a company picnic. I could turn a, a pie pan into a better frisbee than this. Uh, can't even take a, the dog leg with this one. <laughs> oh, look at the balance on this. Yeah. All, all true. <laughs> I don't know, but again, like. All, all these books this month, I'm like, they're fine. I I won't be picking up number two of any of them. If I did, it would probably be Speed Force. Because, because I do really like the artists on it. And it is chaotic, but I think that's not necessarily his style. But when you're doing a Speed Force book, like a Flash family title, like you got to have it be kind of balls to the wall. So it is amped up a little bit more here than I've seen it in um, some of uh, his other stuff, like Power Rangers or like Seven Secrets. Um, I will say uh, Planetary Omnibus on Kindle 1619. Oh, that's not bad. For book one and book two is 1475. When you said Omnibus, I thought it was like everything, but that's still not bad. Like. Two, two omnibus for thirty dollars is yeah, not bad. Because I think when those trades were coming out, I bought each one of them for probably like eighteen ninety nine. Yeah, like fourteen to twenty probably, and it was like what six or seven volumes. Yeah, I, I don't know. I don't know, but yeah, I would rather just put that money towards reading Old Planetary again and being like, wow, fantastic, beautiful. Um, but guys, do you have a power rating? For this week's or this month's books, I should say. So I will say going into this, it was going to be Outsiders, Fantastic Four, Speed Force. But Paul, mm-hmm. you won me over. Fantastic Four, Outsiders, Speed Force. I'm going to go with uh, Fantastic Four, number one. Then Speed Force, number two. And then Outsiders, number three. Because uh, in... In order of which I'm would be interested in reading the next one, just because you, 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 just like I convinced you, uh, John, you convinced me. That, yeah, if I'm going to read Outsiders, I might as well just pick up the omnibus of <laughs> Planetary. I, I'm really start that over because I don't uh, remember single issues from that. Like it's been that long. Yeah, Chris. Uh, again, blanket statement. I think these are all fine and I would have been fine just putting them all as like, they're all tied for the book that I won't be reading anymore of. Uh, but since I had said it previously, like if I had to pick a number two to pick up, it probably would have been speed force. Uh, but then fantastic four. Cause I think it, it was weird. It was kind of goofy, but there were like great character moments in that book. I don't think there were, character moments in this one at all because i can't tell you anything about these characters outside of who they are after reading this issue uh and then outsiders at the the back end for 
all the aforementioned reasons because I just I just want to read Planetary now. Uh, so the first the first omnibus of Planetary is 426 pages. So it's one through 14 of Planetary. Planetary Authority uh, rule the world. And just so you want to know, on Amazon sales rank, it is number six in mystery thriller and suspense graphic novels, number nine in science fiction graphic novels, and number 18 in mystery graphic novels. It's pretty Mm. good. It's pretty good numbers. Especially for a book that's like 20 to 30 years old now. Mm -hmm. Yeah. It just has the date of... uh, the omnibus came out in 2017. So okay. I think I was still living at home. I had broken up with Lisa and I was back at home when I started. No, reading. That, okay. I was I started 2017. Reading no, because I was already yeah. in Florida. That was only uh, six years I just, ago. <laughs> I was, I was, I was married in <laughs> 2017. Say, sir, sir, take, take a look at your calendar. No, I'm just no. saying like when I first, when you gave me, you either gave me the first trade or gave me issues. Uh, I would have had trades because that you was one of those books that. Couple of trades and I was living back at home. So. Our, um, our comic books are done, like Don's Atomic Comics, now <laughs> defunct. Um, he's the one that like got me to pick it up because he was very good about knowing his customers and like telling me like what to check out. Yeah, yeah and it, he he and knew what to was, do. And if it was something that he said you'd love it, and then he came back and was like, "I don't like it," he'd yeah. either take the book back he'd or just take it back. It. <laughs> yeah, it's Don's Atomic Guarantee. Yeah, yeah, it, it's the bomb or it's free. I just yeah, I just he did that one time, and it was like my mom went in there to buy me a comic book, like buy me something, and she was just gonna get me a gift card, and he was like, "Ah, he'd love this book." And uh, it was it was oh, schemer or something by um, m- uh, it was like a, 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 a Mulligan Milligan. Um, oh, Pete Milligan. Yeah. And it was like uh, I just I, I hated everything about it. <laughs> I brought it back and I was like, hey, man. I didn't like this at all. And he's like, what did you like about it? I was like, I don't like the story. I don't like the art. I don't like this. He's like, oh, yeah, to say he was going to like the art. <laughs> and I was like, okay. Yeah, stop but, shitting uh, on his recommendation, John. <laughs> Jeez. It's like, uh, give me a refund on it. You don't need to be a jerk. He's like, well, what, could it, what instead? So whatever the cost of that trade was, I got something else instead. Nice. And hopefully you like our recommendations this month, dear listener. Uh, did you read Fantastic Four? Did you love it as much as Paul did? Let us know. Or if there's a book that we slept on, email us over at bangboardcast at gmail.com or comment on the social media posts for this here episode, wherever you found it. Hey, thanks for finding it. I can, thank you for that. I cannot thank you for rating and reviewing us because I know you haven't done that. So, so do that other part of it because uh, we would appreciate it. Thank you. Paul, you pointed. Do you have something to say? No, I'm just, I was giving a thumbs up. Mm. 